At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Healthcare Americana. I am your host, Christopher Habig, the CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. This is a podcast for the 99% of people who get care in America. We talk to innovative clinicians, policymakers, patients, caregivers, executives, and advocates who are fed up with the status quo and have a desire to change it. We take you behind the scenes with people across America that are putting patients first and restoring trust in American healthcare. This episode, I'm going to nerd out a little bit. I'm just uh, going to go ahead and put that out there, talking about wireless technology and how that relates to healthcare, medical devices, and really what it is, is, is tearing down barriers and making it easier for people to just have better care, better lives, better quality of life when they need help from devices. And so for this, to help us through this conversation, because I know nothing about this, like I said, I get to be a fanboy on the sidelines and and, and just have a, all my questions answered here. Please welcome Hatim Zain, founder, president, and CTO of Asia. Hatim, thank you for joining us here on Healthcare Americana. Chris, thank you for the opportunity. Now, like I mentioned uh, in my little introduction there, I get to geek out. I get to nerd out and say, holy cow, wireless technology coming into, and I'm thinking things like pacemakers, I'm thinking things of anything that's battery run or needs to be plugged in, and how that relates to, I guess, things that go in our bodies to help make us healthier, help give us quality of life, extend life. Am I in the ballpark there? Absolutely. The use of devices in our healthcare system is just starting out. Like of all people, Apple is bringing these uh, more features or more healthcare features into their Apple Watch. And that's just for the consumer. But the professional devices used in healthcare are, are many that to do things with like continuous glucose monitoring or uh, glucose pumps, uh, hearing devices, uh, monitoring devices, temperature, and so on, are all devices that we use and sometimes every day. And some of us rely on them to maintain our health. And uh, the problem with all of the devices that we have in our environments is that they all have batteries or need power. And just having your device not charged or not available for you to use could be a life or death situation in some cases. And that's where we come in and not just providing power for healthcare, but our technologies across the board can help us with our consumer electronics, enterprise, and so on. But healthcare is one area that is uh, in desperate need of such a technology. I'm thinking in my mind, like, hey, it's cool. I have a phone that I can charge wirelessly now. I have no idea how that works. I'm not even sure if I want to dig below and figure that out. So from that application, again, kind of a basic example there, what is more of a direct, I don't know, where's this technology going in healthcare? And I know you had a couple of examples there, but give us how this impacts the average Joe who's you know looking into this type of a product or service. Absolutely. So let's define what we mean by wireless power. Now, today we use wireless power on our phones and we charge our phones on a pad. But in reality, it's, no, it's not much better than just plugging our phone in. It's just a little bit more convenient and uh, wires fray and so on. And it seems that the pads last longer than the wires that we use. But that is a very limited form of wireless power. 
the form we're talking about is a wireless power that feels like and the experience is very much like Wi-Fi. So imagine your devices are charging just like Wi-Fi. You walk into your house and your devices are charging in your pocket as you walk around the house uh, in your uh, wherever the devices are. It doesn't need to be a wire going to them. Even in the drawer, you could you know leave a thermometer in the drawer and whenever you need it, it's fully charged and available. That's the kind of wireless power we're talking about. It's like what people consider like Star Trek technology, but it is now available and uh, we're, we're commercializing it with many different consumer and uh, medical products as well. I made the note earlier when, when we just hopped on here, obviously we're doing this interview virtually that you have an astronaut, you have Buzz Aldrin on your background there. And so got to got to chat a little bit about that. But this is space age technology. I mean, this is beyond space age technology. Like, again, like I am having trouble wrapping my mind around it because how do we get power that is more Wi-Fi where you're not having just a dedicated powering station, yet it's everywhere? I mean, what are what do some people say about that? Like, hey, this can't be real, or is this even safe? Is this healthy for me? Indeed, these are very important questions. I want to spend a minute just describe what the system we're talking about looks like or, or works, and that gives you an idea about how we can apply it. So it's like Wi-Fi, you have a hub, which is the power transmitter. You have your devices that are strewn around, whatever they are. And we can have power delivered up to a distance of 10 meters or 30 feet from the hub, if you like, from the power source. And uh, the devices could be around, could be moving or stationary, could be nailed to the wall or uh, in your pocket at the same time. And what we can do is basically selectively power the devices we want. So we're not just powering every device, like your neighbor's devices or something like that. We want to limit it to only your devices so you can keep your power always available for your devices. We're able to also power devices in motion. So we're not broadcasting energy in all directions and whatever your device receives is meaningful because actually that's not enough meaningful power. Uh, Some people ask, how can you get power from radio signals? If you think about what a transistor is, you know, people called radios a transistor a long time ago. And uh, what happens is that your radio receives a tiny bit of energy from the radio station that is pulsing with the sound that that it's supposed to make. And the transistor in the radio would amplify that to make the speakers move in your car, for example. So what we're receiving is a little bit of power, but what if you could receive enough power to charge your phone? And the only way this can happen is that if the energy is focused to the device itself, to the antenna on the device that can't receive the energy. And we're using the same frequency as Wi-Fi. So we're using 5.8 gigahertz frequency. That basically means that you get enough power to charge these small devices, but without interfering with your Wi-Fi and without actually uh, harming anybody in the environment. In fact, our technology not only works non-line of sight, just like Wi-Fi. You know, when was the last time you pointed your phone to a Wi-Fi hub to get access? It never happens because Wi-Fi works everywhere. And the same thing with our technology. And lastly, but not least, is our technology is inherently safe, meaning that it avoids people in the room without any kind of software capability that we need to add. So the software is inherently safe. And that's why our technology is the only technology in the world that has been certified in any country for sale. And we're currently certified in 63 countries, including the United States and Europe. So we have a technology that's now ready to go to market. We have many partners that we're bringing to the market in 2023 and beyond. And it's a transformative technology because it can actually lead to devices that don't have any batteries. Since you're delivering power all the time, then you may not need batteries at all in some of those devices. 
We're talking with Hatim Zain, founder, president, and CTO of Asia. A truly remarkable stuff. I, I'm thinking, you know, these are drawings that Nikola Tesla had half a century ago to be able to broadcast, you know, electricity essentially. How far? I mean, across the room, across the world, across the country, across the galaxy. I, what What is the potential for your technology in the next one, three, five, fifteen years? Absolutely. Now, think of our technology targeting small devices within your home or within a building like a hospital. So we can power those devices without them having to be charged or any kind of conscious decision to keep the devices available. How many times have we opened the drawer to take a digital camera or a flashlight and find out that the batteries were drained? With our technology, that will never happen again because the devices are always receiving power, always ready to be used. And that changes things in many aspects. For example, let's take the smoke detector in the ceiling of your home. I'm going to talk about these devices and then move on to the healthcare applications. But let's take a smoke detector. A smoke detector has, let's say, a six-month battery. But the regulations say that if there's power outage, the smoke detector has to work for at least 48 hours, which is two days. So the requirements are asking us to keep enough batteries for 1% of the original battery capacity in case of power outage. That means if we can deliver power to the smoke detector all the time, and the power outage happens, we need 1% of the battery. So instead of having four big batteries in the smoke detector, we could have 1% of that, what could look like a coin cell battery taking the place of all these batteries. So our technology reduces the cost of batteries, removes the necessity for maintenance, or changing the batteries every once in a while, and, and so on, or even recharging batteries altogether. So now take this into context of healthcare. Healthcare starts at home, with us having devices that may monitor our health, like our smartwatches, thermometers we have, other parts like glucose monitors, etc. And that's something that uh, is very important. And most people don't realize how much effort and money actually goes into those devices just to keep them working and uh, an effort to keep our health in check. And then you go to the uh, clinic and the hospital where more and more of the devices in the hospital and the medical care are electronic today, you know, electronic stethoscopes. Uh, you're talking about scanners, ultrasound scanners even, that are portable. Some doctors can carry them around and, and use them on patients. Patient monitoring is even another area. So uh, we always say that you can tell how sick someone is by how many wires are coming out of his body <laughs> at the hospital. Now, these wires not only just are inconvenience, but it could make his mobility harder, even giving a special treatment or any kind of testing or, or even going to the bathroom become really a hassle for the patients. And those are the wires are necessity, necessity for delivering the power to the sensors themselves. It is conceivable that we may have a completely wirelessly powered harnesses that we can put on patients where they can now move around and not worry about that cable going to the machine. So we can monitor their heart, their ECG, AKG, etc without wires coming out of patients, which could lead to better and easier healthcare and less uh, of these devices that need to be sanitized. You can take only the part that's going onto the patients and the uh, monitoring devices, the oscilloscope or whatever, the display you have doesn't have to be sanitized or you can, it can be outside the room even and connecting to the nurse's station and not locally where the patient is. So wireless power enables wireless communication. 
other things like even um, you know hand sanitizer dispensers that you see them outside every room in a hospital. Those have batteries. Those batteries have to be charged. Many of the uh, sinks in a hospital don't need someone to touch the, the knobs. You can actually press a pedal on the floor. But sometimes you could actually have an electronic dispenser for water and for soap. These are other places that you can do that. There's even a use inside the operating rooms where today they're using a lot of electrical you know, uh, devices to cut and seal and help create the surgery. And they're not using as many scalpels and uh, cutting instruments. Because the electronic ones not only cut, but they also seal and reduce the amount of blood that's happening during an operation. The problem with those is that every one of them is, is wired today. And typically a surgeon, after finishing an operation, I, I talked to some surgeons that they say that they, they sometimes get trapped between the wires that are going there. And also the wires fray, and sometimes the unconscious patient has burns on their skin because the wires have frayed and are actually touching their body. So these things can be avoided by making the devices themselves, the cutting instruments and so on, be wirelessly powered in those cases. Is your technology in market today? Our technology uh, has been uh, piloted and tested. Uh, we have several customers that are bringing it to market next year. So we're launching uh, products for sale next year. But for that to happen, our engagements with the customers start today, some of them months ago, some of them years ago so that everybody has their products uh, available. So to make a product, you need to do a lot of design and engineering that goes into it. Apple launched the iPhone 14. They've been working on that for three years. And currently they're designing 15, 16, and 17 at the same time because these things take a long time. So if a company needs to bring medical products with wireless power, they need to contact us today so that we can have them available alongside our other partners. And you kind of saw where I was going there thinking, wow, this technology exists right now. What is the lag time for medical device manufacturers to be able to even conceive of something that is compatible with this? Yeah, uh, most medical devices require FDA approval if they're applied on a patient, unless they're like something that is innocuous inside the hospital. Typically, there's two things that happen. If the wireless power is impacting the behavior of the device, then you need to do a, I'm not an expert in FDA approvals, but uh, from what I understand is that you would need to approve the whole device for the FDA perspective. But if you're impacting only the power supply, which is the back end of the device and not the business end where it touches the patient or, or measures or, or changes uh, things, then it's a smaller approval. It's like a component replacement as opposed to creating a new device. So some devices can go into the market uh, faster than others. We're not talking about inventing a new medical procedure here. We're just replacing the power supply. Yeah, and, and that's what I was trying to think. Like, Are you guys ever going to be designing your own medical instruments to work with this and show industry that, hey, look, this is what we can do with this? Or is it dependent on those vendors picking this up and saying, it's almost like when Bluetooth first came out, you know, it's ubiquitous now. Are we going to see that with your technology? Yes, we are on track at this time to go into becoming part of everyday life. So we have a technology called COTA, C-O-T-A. Basically, the idea behind it is that this is a standard that enables different manufacturers to work together to create products that are compatible. Just like Bluetooth, when you see something with Bluetooth, you know you can connect to it. So it's not like the Samsung Bluetooth different than the Apple Bluetooth and your headphone may work with one or the other. It would work with all of them because they're the same standard. The same thing with our technology. And basically, we're bringing this to the market for everybody to utilize. And uh, 
you don't see, for example, you cannot buy equipment from Bluetooth, but you can buy equipment with Bluetooth. So that's the same thing with our Kota technology. You'll be able to buy products with Kota, but not products from Kota or from Asia. And uh, will we ever see products from us? What we do are examples. Like we could say, oh, here's a hand sanitizer dispenser. In fact, we have one that's powered by Kota. And that's a kind of an example of what can be done. But we're just leading the path for the manufacturers themselves to enter the market. We are not equipped to introduce and maintain a product in the healthcare industry, but we are uh, well equipped for the wireless power component of that device. So I'm thinking of the OR of the future has this little box right here, kind of similar to a modem or a router that we see in our homes every single day. And from that, they're powering all kinds of lights and and lasers and scalpels and you name it. Am, Am I drawing the right type of picture there? Is it just a little kind of box right there? I mean, kind of give me a visualization of what installing your technology into an OR would look like. Uh, The current designs that we're bringing to the market could be any shape, but typically the first iteration may look like that picture on the wall behind you. So it's a flat square that needs to be available in in the space, and it would be connected to a a wall socket for power, and it would send the power to the devices that need it as as per their requirements. So it doesn't just charge devices willy-nilly. The device has to say, I need power. And that makes sure that we don't overcharge a battery, for example. So we wouldn't have bad things happening to devices or people because the device got more power than it needs. The device is the one who decides if it needs power or not, and then the transmitter would deliver that power to it. Understood. Yeah, and that was, again, gosh, you're, you're good. You're, you're kind of leading me here, and usually it's the other way around there because I'm saying, well... You know, there's a time where I couldn't leave my phone plugged in too long because it would overcharge the battery, degradation of battery life. But I think we fixed that, though. I think the, the phones all kind of power down when they've been connected too long. That's that's correct. Took a while. It took a while. <laughs> now, we're bringing all the learnings from all the, the industries and power, you know, charging and batteries and so on, and bringing them into our platform so that we're not starting from zero. We're starting from where we left off and start building from there. One of the aspects of the power delivery is that we could um, not provide power equally to devices, but we can give some devices more power than others. So you may have like a a tiny device that requires a small amount of energy and a big device that requires a lot, then the system would give most of its power to the one that needs it. Which Um, makes total sense, whether it's a little scalpel or paddles or, you know, whatever it is, there are going to be different loads on that. Exactly. And, and and sometimes like the devices, you may have like some device at 5% battery and another one at 90% battery. The system would give the 5% battery much more a priority over the others because it is the one that needs the power first. We're talking with Hatim Zain, founder, president and CTO of Asia about your real wireless power, Kota, as you called it. I'm kind of curious, you know, to peel back the layers of, of who you are, what what got you into this? What's kind of your motivation to develop this? And I mean, I think make a serious impact on society. It's a great question. Uh, there are many things. So first, I'm a technologist. I've been writing code since I was a little kid. I've been uh, playing with electronics, redesigning uh, components, doing making them do things that they were not supposed to uh, <laughs> as a young kid. And when I went to college, I studied physics. I studied physics uh, in England at Manchester University. And from there, I acquired a knowledge of how the world works around me. And that's something that made me always curious about how things happen. 
After that, I built a software company, and that company uh, got bought out by Microsoft and, and others, and that, that was a good exit for me. And I moved here to uh, Seattle, where Microsoft is, and started Osea to bring this technology. Now, how did it happen? You know, people have been trying to invent wireless power and still are in other companies to create a solution for this. The thing is that, in my opinion, there are two kinds of inventions. There's the inventions where you take an idea and you make it better. That's something that if you look at the patents that are filed, we have 10, over 10, 11 million patents that have been filed at the patent office. I'd say 98% of them are polishing some idea, making it better and better and so on. There are very few patents that made a transformation and they're not actually, um, I wouldn't call them, call them an invention, but a discovery like uh, the discovery of plastic or the sticky sticky note or, you know, the, the French fries or um, there are many examples of, of this kind of uh, discovery. And the reason that it happens this way is that let's say there's an engineer who's working on, uh, on radio frequency signals in a company and they tell him, could you improve Wi-Fi? And uh, he would find a technique that may deliver wireless power, but it's not his job. He's not going to be given a bonus on doing that. He, he thinks it's a distraction. So he needs to finish his job. He focuses on the data communication aspect and throws that away. I was in a position where I literally was trying to improve Wi-Fi 20 years ago and uh, thinking about how it can be done, but found out that the technique that I came up with, which is a physics technique called retrodirectivity, that can do what we talked about, which is tracking with devices, delivering high power, delivering power safely to people. And I realized that this is not communication, so I ditched that idea and started working on wireless power. And then discovered that this technology is really uh, very capable. It, it would pass regulatory approvals. It would be small and meaningful to, to all our devices. And that's what made me stick to, stick to my guns, making sure that this technology gets to market. I find it absolutely fascinating. Thank you for sharing uh, kind of your origin story there. Kind of what makes you tick, and that's the fun part about being able to talk to people and, and kind of get behind the scenes there. As we as we come to a close here, a couple more questions. Just again, out of my curiosity, like I love this stuff, I, I really do. Um, what kind of impact do you see this making on society in general? What can we potentially save as far as resources by moving to this type of a technology? You know, when electricity became available for everybody, the idea that wiring every home and wiring every room with wires was ridiculously uh, out of reach. People thought, well, electricity may not succeed because you needed so much money to wire every home and every room. But turns out that the benefits of it were so big that new homes were built with built-in sockets in every room, and that became the standard. Our technology, when it rolled out, what, what impact would it do uh, to the world. First, we will not worry about charging stuff. So all our small devices in the next five years, you can think of your phone charger, your iPod charger, AirPod charger, or your laptop charger will go away. Wires will go away. Most of the batteries we use will actually get much smaller or disappear completely from the devices. Our needs to mine all these rare earth elements from the, from the earth, to put them in batteries and then throw them in the trash, will diminish, which is great for the earth. You know, people think that the, the cost of a battery is the price you pay at the supermarket. But in reality, the battery cost itself is about 5,000 times more expensive than the same energy from the wall socket. Imagine that. So if you wanted to buy that much energy of the battery, it would cost 
a fraction of a cent, like 0.01% of the cost of the battery, just to buy the same power from the pole socket. But then we throw away the battery, and the battery goes into the landfill, the elements seep into our water supply, the water company has to now clean the water from those chemicals, and we end up paying for the cleaning of the batteries in our water bill. So batteries can be bad for the environment, although they help us a lot in getting our devices to be used. Now, wireless power is the missing component. So we've had electric power through wires, and now we have batteries. The third one is wireless power is the third version of power delivery. And that's going to start changing the number of devices we have. Because if I told you that everything in your home, whether it is a device or not, will have some electronics in it, every door handle, every fork, every knife, every plate. How many times have we thrown away forks and knives by mistake and uh, we, we sort of run out? Like, why do we have less spoons today than six months ago, <laughs> right? That all happens because the devices get thrown away and there's no notification of that happening. But if our devices are now powered and connected, you'd never lose your remote control or your keys or, uh, you know, with, you'd know what every door is moving or opened or locked. It will help us with our health, safety, security, education, productivity, and entertainment. It's going to impact every aspect of how we live our life. Remember the 3D glasses that we wore with some uh, TVs and screens that were powered? I do. They can now be powered continuously without you having to worry about them. They failed because their use was just too cumbersome for us to, to use them. Now imagine bringing that to the healthcare as well and making sure that we're always monitored uh, everything we do like the we you see the uh, water supplies in different cities are contaminated the second time it's, this happens in the last few years imagine if every faucet was monitoring the quality of the water as you used it and alerting you of that that would be a game changer for people's health as well so this is all the impacts that wireless power will do by enabling everything in our lives to monitor and provide the data we need. I'm obviously a big fan of it. And you know, it's kind of that call in the next few years to make sure that we do have a reliable power grid and we're not going to be going through rolling blackouts and brownouts and all that kind of <laughs> nasty stuff that we see here as a uh, civilized, industrialized nation. Totally different topic, totally different uh, uh, set of circumstances there. Um, two questions for you, left One, what if anybody has any privacy concerns? How, how do you get around that? Because I know you mentioned earlier, you said, you know, I, just because I walk into my house, it's going to power my devices, doesn't mean it's powering my neighbor's devices. And I'm just curious, I mean, are we talking about like, like Wi-Fi passwords for everything? Indeed, you'd have a, uh, in fact, there would be like a setup, a cloud setup, you go to the web, you, you set up your router, if you like, the wireless power system, and you put in your own codes, and you own your own data. Nobody owns your data. So when you're powering your devices, only you know what's charged. Like you could be at the office and checking to see how your devices are doing at home. This is all data managed for you by your devices. So anything that's outside your domain purview of control is under your uh, also approval. So nothing is happening behind your back. We're not selling your data to advertisers or, or, that, uh, or such. And we, we don't put ourselves in that position. We want to enable the world with power, not get your data. That's our goal. I'm glad to hear that because following last question, what's your pitch to healthcare organizations, healthcare systems, physicians on the ground line? How is this going to help them interact with patients? From a healthcare perspective, we need to look at every device we're using and how much of the batteries in those devices are impacting our service to the, of healthcare. 
we had actually one of our employees had a, a surgery at, in hospital the other day, and he said that the, the nurse were coming in and changing AA batteries every eight hours because that device was consuming the batteries. Now, that is consuming the time of the nurses just to keep the equipment alive. She's doing uh, technical services, not healthcare services. We need to enable more of the healthcare services and take out all the distractions from our healthcare staff to focus on giving us the best uh, service. And that's really will improve our services and reduce the costs at the same time. Everybody wants to reduce the cost. And anytime we take away people involved in the process, like uh, not changing batteries, charging batteries, or worrying about cables, the more cost-effective healthcare can be. Hatim Zain, founder, president, and CTO of Asia. I appreciate you bringing the future to us on Healthcare Americana. It was a real pleasure to talk to you, Chris, today. That's going to do it for this episode of Healthcare Americana. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out online at healthcareamericana.com. Catch previous episodes, subscribe to our mailing list, and visit our online store. Once again, I am your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all our episodes, visit the shop, and learn more about the podcast. Healthcare Americana is produced by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro and managed by Melissa Turpin. Healthcare Americana is brought to you by Freedom HealthWorks and Freedom Doc. If you've been struggling to get the care you need and the access you want, it's time to join your local Freedom Doc. Visit freedomdoc.care to find the practice location nearest you. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.